Sean Cabbage Stock with WJBF News Channel 6 here. And with me, I have Assistant Solicitor of the Second Judicial Circuit, Jackson Cooper, with me. And Mr. Cooper, we're talking about that case out in Denmark with Randy Chestnut. He's actually being sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So I would love for you to kind of tell us how we got to this point, especially for Mr. Chestnut just stealing a TV. Yes, sir. Um, so... In 2008, Mr. Chestnut was convicted of burglary third-degree first offense, or pled guilty to burglary third-degree first offense. In 2010, Mr. Chestnut was convicted, was pled to armed robbery, which under South Carolina law is a violent and most serious offense. He also pled guilty to two counts of burglary second-degree nonviolent and he pled guilty to possession with intent to distribute marijuana. On December 6, 2018, Mr. Chestnut was captured on video committing a burglary, although at the time he wasn't identifiable through that video. And it was charged as a burglary in the first degree on the basis that he entered a dwelling and he had two prior or at least two prior convictions for burglary on his record which is considered an aggravating circumstance. So burglary in the first degree is also a violent and most serious offense under South Carolina law. And under South Carolina Code Section 17-25-45, a person who is convicted for two or more most serious or serious strikes is what we call them, uh, a lot of people call it our two-strike, three-strike, or a strikeout law. But once you have a conviction for a most serious offense and then you're convicted for a second most serious offense, you are subject to life without the possibility of parole. And the law says must be sentenced to. So because of Mr. Chestnut's prior record, he was subject to life without the possibility of parole. So besides the victims, who testified at the trial? We had Lieutenant Linder testify from the Denmark Police Department. We did not have Chief Shire of the North Police Department testify, and we did not have Officer Chestnut testify. However, Lieutenant Linder testified during trial that on December 17th, she was called by Chief Shire in relation to this case, or in reference to this case. On December 18th, Lieutenant Linder met with Officer Chestnut of the North Police Department. Then on December 19th, Officer Linder, or Lieutenant Linder was approached by the defendant in Denmark, South Carolina, and the defendant told Lieutenant Linder, Yo, Quan, my sister said I need to talk to you. He then went into confessing that he committed the burglary. When Mr. Jeffcoat first contacted us in December, at that point, he installed a security camera. So I would love to know how that video came into play with this trial. Did Mr. Chestnut's sister identify him in that video or from that video, I should ask? You know, the it was never testified to that uh, Officer Chestnut identified her brother, but I argued to the jury that they could deduce that fact from the other surrounding circumstances, the surrounding facts of the case. Y plus Z, you know, then B. Both of them, I asked them on direct examination, can you identify the man in that picture? And he said, or both of them said no. 
Um, basically, this was a dead-end case. This was a case that was not going to be solved, and it wasn't going to be a prosecutable case. Uh, but the video made it to the news outlets, which actually I think was your news station. And be, because of that, it was uh, – obviously it was noticed by somebody in the North Police Department. I think that can be definitely said. Uh, and then the defendant came and told his story. There is something else that's of great importance that I failed to mention. Okay. There was a fingerprint collected from the doorknob by the by a lieutenant lender of the Denmark Police Department in her investigation. It was a print that was of no value for comparison. While we were awaiting the results of that fingerprint analysis, Mr. Chestnut made a jail phone call from the Bamberg County Jail to an unidentified female, and he stated, I already know that the print ain't going to be mine because I had on gloves the whole time. So we go back, we look at the video, and sure enough, the person committing the burglary definitely has on gloves. He also says in that phone call, there's no case against me because the conversation with she, referring to Lieutenant Linder, wasn't even recorded. Finally, he said during that conversation, I guess we'll find out in April, which trial went in April. So, you know, uh, that jail phone call was probably the nail in the coffin for his uh, case. For the case against him, anyway. Wow. And it was admitted. It was a February thirteenth, two thousand nineteen, jail phone call. Uh, we got the results for the fingerprints back in March. Like I stated earlier, the, the they said there was no value for comparison. So who all prosecuted the case? Uh, I prosecuted the case as the lead attorney along with Michael Emmer, who's another assistant solicitor in our office. And who was Mr. Chestnut represented by? Mr. Chestnut was represented by David Hayes and Wallace Alves of the Second Circuit Public Defender's Office. Assistant Solicitor Jackson Cooper, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right.